Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Making it a priority in your life to be here. Amen. Today, we appreciate that. Hallelujah. Appreciate that. Had a little conversation with a pastor today, and uh, we were just discussing back and forth. And I told him, I said, well, I'm playing the bachelor here for the next several days. And he said, well, he said, if you need me to send my wife over about Thursday to tidy everything up, I said, no, don't have to worry about that. I said, because I'm the tidy one of the two. And so uh, I said, I can do laundry. I can cook. I can iron. It don't matter. So we got it. I said, it'll be all right. So uh, I'm, I'm playing bachelor here this week. Amen. That's not a row I like to play. I'd rather my wife be with me anywhere and everywhere. We usually do things together and serve in ministry together. On rare occasions, on just a few fingers, can I count that we haven't been together whenever it comes to ministry. Amen. But since that's a women's esprit thing, it kind of really counts me out kind of counts me out. I don't know if they'd even give me a freebie, you know, and such, but uh, I'm just going to pray that the Lord uses them as they minister to ladies across, across our United States. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 27. I'd really just like to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 27, but I don't want to weary you, amen, with that. But it would be good to read that and just see the surrounding and the context in which this solitary verse I'm going to read, one verse, one verse that I'm going to read in your hearing here, Jesus, and it's important to, uh, it's important to make this known that Jesus is instructing or speaking to his disciples. He is speaking to those 12 that he has called and that he has handpicked, so to speak. And this, among several other things that he tells them and says to them, he says this in verse number 27. And I'm going to read it in a couple of versions after I read it out of the King James. But from the King James, he tells his disciples, what I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Reading from the NIV, what I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. The New Living Translation says, what I tell you now in darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. For a little while tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, and listen, I've wrestled back and forth with this this week and even yesterday, like Jacob wrestling with an angel. But uh, if no one else gets anything from this, it's my understanding there's people beyond here and days even much separated from now that may hear this and this would strike a chord with them. I want to minister tonight this, the ministry of darkness. The ministry, I really don't know if the ministry of darkness or the ministry in darkness, but sufficient would be in either one. The ministry of 
darkness. Hallelujah. Let's talk to the Lord right now in prayer. Father, I come to you this evening. God, I need your help tonight. I pray, oh God, those things that have been mulled over in my spirit and in my mind. And God, what I feel like you have laid upon my heart. Help me, Lord, convey, Lord, in an adequate manner. Lord, as the preacher, Lord Jesus, Solomon said, Lord, God, that you could give your servant adequate words. I pray, God, for adequate words tonight. God bless minister, Lord Jesus, encourage strengthen give us ears to hear lord what the spirit is saying tonight and we will not fail to honor you and praise you in these matters in the lovely name of jesus christ that i pray amen and amen of the church say amen you may be seated tonight the ministry the ministry of darkness since jesus was speaking to these 12 disciples these 12 individuals that He had found most of them in their place of occupation, what they made their living by, and he called to them unto himself to follow him. It's important to know that according to Scripture, we only know a little bit about the occupations of the 12 disciples that Jesus had. We know according to Scripture that Andrew and Peter and James and John worked as fishermen, They oftentimes worked in pairs and some other disciples such as Thomas and Nathaniel and Philip may have been even fishermen as well since they are found with some of the others fishing after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in John 21. We know that these fishermen are somewhat acquainted with the struggles of the nighttime. In one particular place, the Bible says, that they fished all night and they profited nothing. They were riddled with disappointment and weariness of body and mind. We read concerning the occupation of Matthew that Matthew was a tax collector. He must have had some sort of education or formal training in order to have this job of being a tax collector. He must have had also with this job a certain a certain amount of wealth because of the taxes he did collect. He was allowed to keep a portion for his wages. Then there is others that are known as Simon, known as the zealot, which basically means that he was a person that was involved in politics of some form or fashion. And outside of that, there really isn't much left to be said when it comes to the professions of these 12 disciples. And yet, scripturally, that relates to you and I that when Christ called them, they left their boats and they left their nets. They left their families to a certain degree. We see that the two sons of Zebedee are bidding their father goodbye as they follow the Lord. We understand that Matthew left his receipt of custom or that table where he collected the taxes at in his rear view mirror. And Simon switched from his allegiance to being political to being toward the Lord and his focus was now Christ and now the church and so Jesus called each of these individuals he called them away from their previous occupations their previous means of of making a living and the Bible says in Matthew 10 if you were to read it tonight the Bible says in this chapter what he dispensed to the 12 disciples was this that he gave them power over spirits and sicknesses, and diseases. He sent them forth according to Matthew 10 to preach and to heal and to cleanse and to raise up 
and to cast out and to give. They wouldn't need, according to the Lord, he said, don't worry about taking a lot of various items with you. Don't worry about taking two staves. Don't worry about those type of things. Don't worry about taking much of any significance in the way of items and things because you're going to be provided for by others, by places that you minister at, by towns that you visit, by homes that you stay in. Don't worry about all of that. But not everyone would be accepting to these 12 disciples not everyone would be accepting to their presence in their towns and in their communities Jesus describes their role as being this that many times they would be as lambs among wolves some would be mistreated some would be delivered up to authorities of earthly lands and earthly kingdoms even Jesus said some of your own family members are going to turn against you and disown you and you will be hated is the word you will be persecuted you will be misunderstood and they would experience in reality much of what Jesus Christ himself experienced in his earthly ministry and so behind this 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 stage this curtain of power and provision behind this this stage of healing the sick and blind eyes being opened and sickness and disease coming under subjection to the power of the name that they would speak over it and spirits trembling and cleansing and healings and dead being raised and other spirits being cast out behind all of this power and provision there would also be behind the curtain darkness that these 12 disciples would endure. There would be times of silence. There would be times of darkness of mistreatments and darkness of misunderstandings and darkness of misnomers and also lonesomeness that they would experience in their ministries. We cannot forget, cannot forget the loneliness of the darkness. And in the darkness, Jesus says uh, in which there would be a voice, but nonetheless, it would be a voice that would be amid the darkness. Astronaut Sonny Williams had logged 2,770 hours in space on 30 different aircraft. Whenever she shared this statement, and I quote, she says, reflecting back, there was one time I remember feeling quiet in space. We were out on a space walk and were asked to wait for the night pass to go through. She said the night pass is the 45 minutes of its 90-minute orbit when the spacecraft is on the dark side of the planet. And while they were waiting, the chatter from Houston, the command center on Earth, died down and then totally cut out altogether. And she says, so we were just hanging out there, quiet, just hearing ourselves breathe out there at the end of the station. Sonny Williams, in order to get to be an astronaut where she is and where many astronauts get to, she had to prove herself with the right education. She had years of related experience, some of them having masters and PhDs. She had to have a proper physical demeanor and requirements. She had to have a proper psychological requirements in order to be an astronaut for somewhere along the way, oft times in her ventures of an astronaut to be left at times in the night pass 
of a 45-minute journey on the dark side of a planet where all communication ceases. I don't know tonight if the disciples realized the total scope of what they signed up for when they left their boat. I don't know if they know the full scope of what they signed up for when they left their nets and the sons of Zebedee said, Daddy, we'll see you later. We're going on a journey and a trip and we're going to follow the Lord. I don't know if Matthew understood when he pushed the money away on the side of the table and got up and followed the Lord if he understood what he signed up for. But they traded, the fishermen did dark nights on the sea with crashing waves among their partners and companions companions for lonely times, dark times, mistreated times, misunderstood times, amen, when all they had in the darkness was a voice. Someone say amen. I'm talking about disciples this evening because when we talk about ministry and when we talk about leadership and when we talk about being a disciple, there are those dark side of the planet moments when there is nothing going on but darkness. I dare to reason though tonight this very thing that for every sickness that they saw healed and for every unclean spirit that they saw cast out and for every need that was met in the congregations that they were at. I guarantee you it was backed up by a dark moment. It was backed up by a time of motionlessness, of nothing happened except a voice that was speaking on the other side when all other communication ceased except for the voice of God. Someone say amen. What are you talking about, Brother McGee? I'm talking about this. There are times as teachers prepare their lessons and musicians go over the same chord progression for what seems like a dozen of times, there are dark moments. Praise teams that forfeit extra rest and extra relaxation for learning the harmonies and the transitions of fresh songs. There are dark times. Pastors and evangelists and Missionaries spend late nights and early mornings and time away from their families in hope that a voice will speak in the darkness so that they'll have something to preach, something to proclaim from the housetops, something that they can utter in the light that was hewed out in the dark. If I can speak for any, just allow me here a little bit today. If I can speak for any, I can speak for pastors and I can speak for evangelists. There are times, I'm telling you as a pastor and as an evangelist, Brother Zach, it seemed like I, I could just open up this Bible and that there would be sermons that would just fall out from the leaves of this Bible. But there are other times you wonder if there's anything contained between those two leathered, amen, ends of that cover amen, where that will equip the people or encourage the people or even speak to you. What are you saying? There are dark sides of the planet, dark moments in ministry and discipling and in being a disciple. Can I say it like this? There are people that have left good paying jobs with the comfort of insurance and benefits and they have forfeited pensions as Bishop did and such like because they were waiting in the darkness for a voice. Jesus said the disciples, the disciples, people in leadership are misunderstood oftentimes. 
oftentimes mistreated. They're persecuted by accusatory lips. They got to maneuver around the verbal darts of jealousy and bitterness. A lot of people covet the lofty place or what they presume to be the lofty position. But a common phrase is mine, they don't realize that the tallest trees catch the most wind. If you will, they exist on the dark side of most times of the planet. Even Jesus, for your consideration, even Jesus suffered the agonizing darkness, Scripture says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour upon an already unfortunate cross. And from there, his voice would say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The very people he attempted to love returned malice. The very people he attempted to love returned malice. The people that he came for was hastening him to his exit. Talk about the dark side of the planet. Talk about when the world turns against you and you're setting all alone in your calling. Matthew says, this is the words of Matthew in the gospel. Matthew says, Bishop, that it was about the ninth hour when Jesus cried with a loud voice. The gospel says darkness was over the land from the sixth hour until the ninth hour and about the ninth hour Jesus cried out. I'm confident that the first cry took place in the darkness and possibly it was still dark when the Bible says that he cried again but when that other cry came the Bible says that the veil that was in the temple that kept just any ordinary men from going into the holy place and being in the presence cloud of the Lord that veil in the temple was rent from twain from top unto bottom and every individual all of humanity from that moment forward were granted access to come boldly unto the throne of grace and I appreciate that demonstration and I appreciate that the veil was rent I cleave to that access but let it be known before the veil was rent before we were given access there was somebody hanging on a tree in three hours of darkness Jesus said, disciples, if you get anything right, he says, listen, for the voice in the darkness so that you'll have something to proclaim in the light. Whisper and listen for the whisper that's in the darkness so that there'll be a demonstration in the light. So who are we then, Brother Aiden? Who are we? We must not marvel at those times then that we as disciples, we as ministers and servants, we as pastors, evangelists, whatever your title may be, as we must listen in the darkness and what we hear there, go and proclaim it in the light. I'd say oftentimes, people in leadership and ministry are given to dark sayings. What is God saying to us in this time of darkness? Because the message they get in darkness, Jesus said, is to be proclaimed or preached in the light. There are some stark contrasts that's just in this little verse of verse 27. There is a stark contrast of dark and daylight. 
there is a stark contrast in the NIV in particular of something being whispered and something being proclaimed. In these two settings, it's as though, Brother Zach, one tends to happen in secret while the other one occurs in public. Darkness, whispering, secret, light, proclamation in the public. But know this, that everything that happens in public through a missionary, through a Sunday school teacher, through a youth pastor, through an apostle, through a disciple, a saint, is a flash in the pan compared to the time they spend in darkness, waiting on the voice of guidance and instruction. And in those darkness, let me tell you, because I know I'm a pastor, let me tell you what they face in that darkness. They face feelings of self-doubt. They face feelings about if what they are doing matters. They wonder if they're having any lasting influence on the people they engage with, on the people that they speak to. Their confidence, many of them had great confidence in their former jobs and former occupations. But after years of sitting in the darkness, listening for the voice, their confidence has plummeted. Amen. Since they've accepted their call to be that Sunday school teacher or that youth pastor or in ministry, it is a ministry of darkness. Someone say amen. The first time we have record of God speaking in the darkness is the very darkness that covered the face of the deep in the first book of Genesis. And consequently, what he said there was this, let there be light. Everything, listen to me now. Everything else, that first day, the evening, the morning was the first day. Everything else, that first day in the creative act forward was spoken in the light only because there was a voice that first spoke in the darkness. What are you saying? Read the creative chapter. And I applauded. I appreciate the separation of the waters, the creation of the firmament. Amen. I applaud the dry land, the grass, the herbs, the seeds. Amen. The greater lights, the lesser lights, and the stars also. Moving creatures, creeping creatures, flying fowl, swimming fish. All of these realities were the realities of his word. But none of it, I said none of it, preceded the voice that first spoke in the darkness before a fish swam in the sea there was a voice in the darkness before that light first crested the horizon there was a voice in the darkness before fowl took flight there was a voice in the darkness before seed fell in the ground there was it was a ministry of darkness I'm reaching for disciples tonight. I'm reaching for ministry tonight. Somewhere God's going to open the door and I'm going to speak to some pastors about this, what I'm talking to you about right now tonight. It was a ministry of darkness. The power of the proclamation is found in the darkness of the whisper. What's done in the light is forged. In the darkness. Listen, Sunday school teacher, that lesson on baptism, and you got that little action figure, and you buried it down in a water grave of container and immersed it in Jesus' name. 
and you notice one of your little kids' eyes brighten up as they saw you do that. And it was although there was some synopsis, some type of little clicking, if you will, an aha moment for them. And you spent time during the week and your evenings to develop a little lesson, try to come up with an illustration. So it would be, if you will, something that they could grab a hold of and understand so that you could make it clear each night leading up to that Sunday. Listen to me, what takes place in the light. It's forged in those hours that you don't have 10 or 5 kids in front of you and nobody is there to applaud you and nobody is there to pat you on your back and say you're doing a good job and keep with it. All you got is a voice in the darkness but what you hear in the darkness God says I'll let you proclaim it in the light and there you pastors and you pastors' wives, thank God. Amen for Brother Alex and Sister Grace Mason. Amen. They witness the exuberance sometime of blessings that fall on a normally detached teenager. And they save her. They save her in those moments. Every sacrifice they've made in the dark that helped, if you will, supply an environment for that moment to take place. And they see then another teen enlightened by the fact that they got to live their life for God whether their parents do or not and so what that is is the product of the dark side of the planet a product of the darkness of ministry dark sayings preached from the housetop that brings awareness it is a ministry of darkness yes as leaders, as ministers anyone that desires to be used of God Sometimes God takes us back to the beginning. Back to the original voice that first spoke. In the darkness. Someone say man. It's commonly known that a person's other senses heightened. They heightened and become more acute when the other senses fail or are lost. If you find yourself in the dark, your hearing will be more keenly aware of the sounds in the surroundings. A lot of people, they come to this church and they're like, I don't like being in that church at night. You hear all kinds of stuff. Well, you hear a lot of stuff anywhere you go in the dark because your ears are more attuned to what's going on when you can't see. And for one, what I believe this conveys to us Even Jesus to his disciples tells me this. Him telling them that they should listen and what he tells them in the darkness that they would speak in the light. This tells me, this offsets a mindset that can happen in the church, that can happen in ministry, that can happen for disciples that says that God doesn't speak to us in the dark moments. That God doesn't speak to us in the dark moments. But Jesus told his disciples what I tell you in the darkness. I know know this seems just so elementary, but please allow me to go to kindergarten here tonight. He says, what I tell you in the darkness. He doesn't say, if I say something in the darkness. He says, what I tell you, what's that mean? He's going to be speaking in the dark moments. He he says, what I tell you in the darkness. He said, you can expect me to speak. Oh, God, you can expect me to speak in the darkness, in the isolation, if necessary, if you hear it. Someone say amen. This also tells me 
that if he wants me to hear what I heard him speak in the darkness and to proclaim it or preach it in the light, amen, on the housetops, if you will, then that tells me this. I'm not always going to be in the dark moment. If he says what I tell you here, I want you to proclaim there. If what I tell you in the dark, I want you to proclaim in the light. What I whisper in your ear, I want you to shout from the housetop. Then Bishop, that tells me it's not always going to be dark. I'm I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to or if it's days from now. But wherever you are right now, if it is dark and you're beginning to scratch your head thinking the boat looks good, the nets look good, the, the receipt of custom looks good, going back to what I did prior to this looks good because darkness has encroached all around you. Let me tell you something friend. Stay there because God will speak right there. Stay there because God will give an utterance right there and what he speaks to you in that moment is not for you alone. Not for you by yourself. He has others. Hear me. Hear me. They say that during the New Testament times, Jewish rabbis would often train their students. They'd train their students to speak by standing beside them, have their students stand beside them, and then they would whisper in their ear. And then what the student heard whispered in their ear, they were to then speak it aloud. It was part of the training. Would you hear me speak? I want you to repeat, but repeat it with authority. Repeat it with power. Repeat it so all can hear. As a matter of fact, it was known in the days of Jerusalem and in the culture of the first century that the personal public announcements were often shouted from the housetops and the rooftops. Amen. Because they had engaged that that was the best place where as many people as possible could hear what was said when they climbed up on the housetops and shouted it from there and their voices, amen, just meandered down through the roads and the causeway and so on and so forth so perhaps could I say tonight one of the reasons that he takes me and one of the reasons he takes others and disciples and ministers to these dark times is so that we'll focus on his voice and listen to what he is saying because when a person speaks in the dark or whispers in your ear you gotta be intentional about leaning in and paying attention because you're not reading any lips at that moment you can't do that it demands your attention and so we must understand tonight what what we are not in the dark for is that we're not there for ourselves because what we hear there we got to proclaim abroad it has to be proclaimed it has to be preached in such a way that as many as possible and I say it's more than FAC it's more than this church it's more than the youth that gather over there in that Sunday school classroom it's more than the young kids that gather in room 3 right now it's got to be proclaimed in such a way as many as possible can oh yes someone say amen turn Deuteronomy chapter 5 I got some lengthy readings in my preaching tonight That's something I typically do, but it must be done. Deuteronomy 5 and verse 23 starting. Moses recalls this very thing that I'm speaking to you about as he instructs a new generation of Israelites 
before they cross into the promised land. And I, I'm telling you, it's a lengthy reading. Verse 23 of Deuteronomy chapter 5. And it came to pass. This is the recall. The recollection of Moses is something that has already taken place. And it came to pass when ye heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness. For the mountain did burn with fire that ye came near unto me. Even all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And ye said, Behold, the Lord our God hath shewed us his glory and his greatness. And we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man and he liveth. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more than we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that have heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and lived Go thou near, they're speaking to Moses. Go thou near and hear all that the Lord God shall say. And speak thou unto us all that the Lord God shall speak unto thee. And we will hear it and do it. And the Lord heard the voice of your words. In other words, the Lord heard what the Israelites were saying to Moses. When you spake unto me, Moses says, and the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. In other words, what they said, all right. Verse 29, oh, that there were such an heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my, my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Look what he says now, to verse number 30, to Moses. Go say to them, get you into your tents again. But as for thee, as for you, Moses, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and the statutes, and the judgments, which, shall, which thou shalt teach to them, that thou may do them in the land which I give them to possess it. Someone say amen. Moses is recalling the giving of the commandments from Mount Sinai. The people were allowed to gather together at the base of that mountain. There was a certain line. They were not allowed to go any further, but they were allowed to gather there with the lightning flashing, the smoke going, the darkness, the fire burning. They heard the voice of the Lord speak. The Bible says, amen. But as Moses is recalling all of this this day, a lot of time has passed from that moment until now. If I can say it like this, from that moment until now, Moses has already experienced several episodes of being alone with God. Moses has already experienced several episodes of darkness in so much as he even recalls that day when the Ten Commandments were first given and everybody was there. Note what he said in verse 23. Moses said unto them, you heard the voice of the Lord from the midst of the darkness. And then he said, and you all said, we heard the voice of the Lord out of the midst of the fire. Moses understands what's going on. He said, whenever I first heard the voice of the Lord on the 
the backside of the desert. It came from what I seem to be a fiery burning bush as well. Amen. That's what I seen. That's what I heard. It was a voice from the fire too. But since Sinai, amen, I'm apt to hear things from the darkness. Look at verse number 21 of Exodus 20. This is Mount, this Mount Sinai account recorded in Exodus. The Bible says that the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. What are you saying? Moses, in this moment, this is what the people said. God, we don't want to hear it from you anymore. We'd rather have one man go and represent and hear and then tell us what you have to say. Moses accepted the ministry of darkness primarily because nobody else desired it. The people didn't want God speaking to them. Oh God. The people didn't want to hear that. They preferred Moses, you speak to God. And what God says to you, you can tell us and we'll listen to it and we'll do it. How many times after Sinai did Moses go alone to the dark side of the mountain, so to speak, and hear the voice of God and what he heard in dark, he proclaimed in the light to God's people and they didn't always uphold their end of doing it. You know what Israel's saying in this moment? We were exposed to all of that. And we, we were, you know what they're saying? We, we can't endure hearing the voice of the Lord. We can't endure the surroundings from which the voice is speaking. Amen. You know what they said? If we were to continue this, there's pre-adventure. We could die. You know what we're saying? We, we could die. If we, if we went back to that dark place and the voice was speaking, if we stay there much longer, we might be dying. We'd rather Moses, somebody else go. Moses, we'd rather you go. You you go near to God. You hear. You convey it. It's too much for us, Moses. It's too much for us to get ourselves involved. It requires too much of our life. We feel like we're dying. We feel like we're dying when we're there. They thought, or at least felt like they were dying. They say, Moses, you go. And so here is Moses. He is in the darkness of a mountain from the moment of Sinai for many days hence through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. He's on the dark side of a mountain, the dark side of a planet. He has a ministry of darkness. But while he's there, every time he is listening for the voice of the Lord. And what put Moses in that position of ministry of darkness darkness was not his merit was not his ambition was not his talent was not his skill but he was where he was because it was God's divine approval and an earthly need that needed met Moses can't fulfill it because God called him to it now listen to me verse 30 God then tells Moses then, if this is the way it's going to, if you're going to be the disciple, if you're going to be the spokesman, if you're going to be the deliverer, if this is it, then you go tell all the other people, get on back into your tents. But Moses, you got to stay here. Tell them to go back to their tents. But you stand here beside me. Listen to pastor. Listen. And listen, this, this, Listen, I don't have no, I don't have no, uh, you know, this is not a chicken fight. I don't have no chicken in it. Not dog fight either. Don't have any dogs. Rascal wouldn't survive. 
But listen to me. And the audience online, listen to me. Herein lies the burden of the ministry of darkness and ministerial leadership. Everybody else gets to return to their tents. But you must stay near the darkness. With the presence of the Lord. And receive what he wishes to impart to men that are in tents. While other people's going out, you're home preparing. While other people's playing, you're praying. Oh, don't tell me, I know. I remember as a young man, ministry started early for my life. I remember as a young man in high school, having, uh, it was either a spring break or it was Christmas break, and I was asked to preach somewhere in that week of break. You know what I did? I wasn't playing games. I wasn't having a heyday because it was break time from school. You know what this boy was doing? I was at my little drafting desk with my Bible, and I was studying. I was seeking out the will of God and the purpose of God for a service that was coming up toward the end of the week. What is that? That's a ministry of darkness. That while other people go to their tents, you got to stay where God is and hear the voice. Now, while your Sunday afternoon nap is going on, there's other people here practicing so that perhaps they might be able to help usher in the presence of the Lord and we could center our lives around that. Amen. That while others, amen, are doing it, we had it. I, I was home this weekend and had a little time with my wife before she left, but Alex and Grace, they were together, yeah, but they had a bunch of other kids with them too, traveled four hours away, did practices up there, went to church every service, and they're still here. What are you saying? As other people people's in their tents they had to stay where God was in the ministry of darkness while we have all the availabilities of being around friends and family and having our American holidays there's some missionary tonight amen that's traveling in the darkness to get to his morning appointment at a church and he's going to be at six churches tomorrow preaching and ministering the word of God while other people are home in their tents somebody is in a ministry of darkness that they might hear the voice of God and be able to speak to the people My God, I would just love to be Bishop Carpenter in that great church and being the superintendent of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, you know what comes with all of that? A lot of preaching engagements, a lot of camp meetings, a lot of special services. That means more time away from his church, sometimes away from his family. And you know what that means? Any function or conference he goes to, he can't rest. The stress ain't off his shoulders. Why? Because while everybody else is doing all their shenanigans of eating together and fellowshipping, somebody has to stay on the dark side of the planet to hear the say of the Lord. I've just watched my dad leave family gatherings on Father's Day and elsewhere. Why? Because people were in their tents doing all kinds of immorality and he had to stay in the darkness to hear a word that will keep a family together or a relationship together. It's the ministry of darkness. I told my dad several years ago after becoming pastor and even perhaps before I said dad and I, I don't know this is neither here nor there I said dad I said I think some of the health issues you're having today is because you ran yourself so hard when you was a pastor that anytime someone shouted you showed up regardless of the time of night regardless of what's going on 
And let me tell you, every emergency that a saint has is an emergency only because now it's really causing some destruction. It wasn't urgent three months ago, but it was present. And so while Israel goes to their tents, there stands the Lone Ranger Moses. And they go home to their families. There stands the Lone Ranger Moses. As everybody else is shouting and making their commotion, there is Moses. His words few, but his ears full. And as others walk in the light, he has to remain motionless, attentive in the darkness. Because if the men in tents is ever going to hear the voice of God, they forfeited that at Sinai. If the men in tents are ever going to hear the voice, the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, the ways of God, it's going to take a man that's doing a ministry, a woman that's doing a ministry. In darkness. Psalm 78, the psalmist reads like this, and I will not hold you much longer. He says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth and I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us we will not hide them from their children chewing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he have done for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers. But how did that law and that commandment come? From the ministry of a man in darkness that shared it to men in tents. And he says, there is a testimony established in Jacob, the appointed law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation, hear me right now, that the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Why must there be a ministry of darkness? Because what happens there doesn't just affect this generation. It's for the generation and the generation that is to come. You're not there for yourself. There's a great cloud of witnesses and a testimony that must be proclaimed from the housetop for generations, Brother Zach.
What are you saying? I'm saying buried within the loins of those men and tents were generations upon generations yet to be born that needed, if you will, a dark saying that they would be able to hang their hat on in the future because somebody spent some time on the dark side listening for the voice of the Lord. Oh God, do you realize that as Israel came up with their fanciful idea of a golden calf and danced and shouted and did some of the most unlikely things, Moses was on the top of the mount 40 days, 40 nights, times of darkness. What was he doing? Hearing the voice of the Lord for people that were intense, that were acting anything but like God in They're laying with one another. They're getting naked. You hear me? They're laying with one another. They're getting naked. They're doing all kinds of idiotcy, idiot stuff. As a man is in the darkness listening for God's voice that would, unbeknownst to him, help him get them out of their ignorance. And I'm not saying the ministry of darkness and the people that serve in there are fallible. Many have failed. Many have failed to the same claims that just the ordinary saint has. But I am telling you this, for everyone that has failed, there are hundreds that still wait in the darkness for you to get your act together while you're playing around, while you're... While you're maybe while you're playing, if you will, a little hokey pokey with God, putting your right foot in and taking your right foot out, putting your left arm. While you're doing that, there's a man, there's a woman, a Sunday school teacher, a youth pastor, a missionary, an apostle, a superintendent that's lingering in the darkness, waiting on a word for you. To be able to speak to the men and women that are in the tents. Stand with me right now. The psalmist said the next generation, the generations that are to come, the generations that will praise him, the generation, they need the ministry of darkness. Because the ministry of darkness when still a renewed hope for them in their God. That they need a bold proclamation in their hour. Rising, if you will, as what it seems like just a whispered word from the dark. In order to help refresh and revive their hope in God. He said, the praises of the Lord and the strength of the Lord and the wonderful works of the Lord would be shewed from generation to generation. And I tell you, these are the contents of dark sayings of old, of ministers and ministries serving in the dark, listening to the voice of God. 
thank God for Bishop McGee's. That when God shakes him awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, he says, I'll go to the dark side. Thank God for some of the tumultuous times of this church. And I asked him all the time, I said, Dad, how did you even make it through such and such times, particularly the church history? He said, son, if it wasn't for prayer. He said, I'd leave in the morning and go start praying. Mom would call me in the afternoon and ask me if I was coming home for supper. You say, well, pastor said, I work 10 hours a day or 12. Let me tell you something. Those that serve in the darkness of ministry, don't you think everybody's just trying to perfect the golf game? Or that we're renovating the house. No, there's a lot of hours just sitting in darkness. Thank God for the Clifford Corbett's. That somewhere in the closet of darkness, God gave the revelation of Jesus' name baptism. And he proclaimed it on the housetop in this area and community and exists still today. And so generations removed from that to now are singing the praises of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. Because someone said, I'll go there. Everybody else can go home. Everybody else can go home. Go home, do whatever you want to do. Go home. But God said, I got to stay right here. Because he has some things he wants to talk to me about. <laughs> you can raise your hands right now. These altars are open. You said, Brother McGee, you were just talking to pastors. Pre- no, 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 no. Jesus spoke those words to his disciples. His pupils, his learners, his followers. He spoke that to his disciples. He said, would I speak to you in the dark? The question is this. Will you carry the burden of a disciple that while everybody else goes to their tents, you'll stay where he is to hear his voice? These altars are open tonight. I believe we got ministries in this church and leadership in this church that would say, Pastor, If it means I got to spend a few more hours in the darkness where it seems like nothing's going on, nothing's happening, nothing's coming to fruition, nothing's nothing's materializing. (laughs) Okay. The youth pastor and youth pastor's wife will say, well, we're young. We should be able to have a whole lot more gatherings with other people our age and just kick up our feet and have a good time. But there's Sunday morning to prepare for. There's Friday nights to prepare for. There's fundraisers to do. It's a ministry of darkness. But what's happening there is a basket of goods that he's going to allow you to broadcast in the right. 
Everybody wants the stars also in the greater and the lesser light. Everybody wants the dividing of the waters. But it won't happen unless there's a voice that comes in the darkness. It's the ministry of darkness. Maybe even tonight God is calling somebody there. Maybe even tonight God is calling somebody there as a disciple, as a saint. Maybe there's a ministry that's burgeoning underneath the surface in somebody's life tonight. And God is calling you to a ministry of darkness, to a place near Him while everybody else is doing all these fanciful things of life that you're having to pause and stay near God in order to hear His voice with direction, correction, guidance for your life. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't tuck your tail and shun away from from it and say no I'll let somebody else do it no 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 accept it accept the call accept the beckoning voice of the Lord because what he speaks to you he wants you to speak to nations what he speaks to you he wants you to speak to communities what he speaks to ministry of darkness Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Proclaim it. Preach it. You want to always be there? There'll be times of an ebb of flow, of being in the light and being in the darkness, of proclaiming and listening, of daybreak and night. It'll be an ebb and flow. But there's generations dependent upon it. There's masses of people dependent upon it. Oh, let's talk to the Lord right now.
speak to me Show me where Tell me what to say I'm looking for your direction I'm looking for your direction Lead the way with you speak to me speak to me alone in the darkness with you speak to me
to me, speak to me. Alone in the darkness with you, speak to me, speak to me. Yes, yes, if we can stand or if you're still praying, you're fine to continue kneeling. Man, I feel in my spirit tonight that God could have deposited some seeds of ministries. People's life, young people's lives. Calling you, so to speak, to the dark side. I'm telling you, I recognize, I recognize the spirit that here. Yeah, I know it's God, but listen, I recognize the spirit that's the spirit of calling. Right. Yes, sir. Because it called me at 12 years old. I know what that spirit feels like. That same spirit has met me at every moment when it called me to evangelize, when it called me to come home. I know that spirit. And that spirit is here tonight. Can we lift our hands all across this place? Can we begin? to speak to the Lord in prayer, whether it's gratitude, thanksgiving, whatever it may be. Father, I love you. Oh, Father, I love you. If you feel compelled right now, pray in the Spirit. Amen. Pray in the Holy Ghost.
you need to leave tonight you're dismissed in Jesus name
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.